Listen, if you love grilled cheese, then you're going to love this episode. That's right. I've posted about them before, about the compound out in Clinton, New York. Uh, we went out there uh, maybe a month ago. Just absolutely loved it. Wonderful place. Uh, they used to live in Austin, Texas. I used to live a little bit away from there in Colleen, Texas. Uh, just really excited for you to listen to this week's episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time here in the intro. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. That way you stay up to date the moment new episodes are released. Make sure you leave us a review, please. That means so much to the podcasting world when you leave reviews. And, uh, you know, listen, that's it. I'm going to say stay tuned to our content, our YouTube channel, on Instagram, on Facebook, because we are putting out some great new content and obviously putting out wonderful episodes uh, of the Local New York podcast. And that's it. Without further ado, here is this week's episode. Uh, yeah, it's... I struggle with it. Like I was, uh, you know, we expanded from like eat local central New York to eat local New York over the summer. And, uh, I was like DMing restaurants all over the state to like join the card. One of them was in some place towards Hudson Valley. Anyways, I was talking to the owner, uh, on the phone and she was like, so tell me about your business that, you know, so I'm explaining it to her. She, her and her husband are from New York city she was like a big time event planner. He is a restaurant tour and like real estate broker out of New York City. Uh, he had a heart attack, and so they moved to like this tiny town in like the Hudson Valley. And um, start she started like a sweets candy shop and like balloon store, you know, in this like tiny town, right? It's it. it's like the uh, you know it's like the Clinton of Clinton, New York, of mm-hmm. like wherever the Hudson Valley they are, right? So. That's what they do. So I'm on the phone with her and she's like, that's so cool. You have to connect with my husband. He's this, he's, you know, he like, he like does all the no booze for like Robert De Niro and like all this yeah. shit. And I'm like, okay, sweet. So I get connected. I get on the zoom call with them. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to talk. You know, like, you know, this is a cool, yeah. but you know, what am I going to do for this? Why guy? am I here? Right. <laughs> so, um, so it's him and like his like protege real estate, big agent, in New York city and all this shit, whatever. So we're talking and he's like, so where you, you guys are based out of Syracuse. Tell me about like, what's a scene like in Syracuse? It's like Syracuse is like 10 years behind Buffalo. <laughs> and then Buffalo is like, probably five years behind like New York city and like all the other big stuff, you know? And he just started laughing. He's like, yeah, we really like, we're pretty far behind a lot of the like popular shit that happens in the country. You know, the only trend that like has ever really picked up in Syracuse, like relatively early on. And that is Berea tacos for some reason, like, like three months ago, somebody in Syracuse came out with a Berea taco. And I was like, Wait a minute. This is like the fucking thing that's like popular in like LA and Austin and like these other big places. Like, how are we getting this right now? Like, we shouldn't have this yet. This yeah. shouldn't come here until 2030. The really weird thing is, and I know this is like a small thing and it's going to sound so strange to a lot of people, <laughs> but as an owner of a grilled cheese restaurant, mm-hmm. the question that I get most often is, do you guys have gluten free bread? Yeah. But 
in Austin and in a lot of major metropolitan areas, they've kind of moved on from gluten-free to like whatever the next evolution of gluten-free <laughs> is, like paleo or whatever. So hearing that so often, that's really the thing that makes me feel like I've gone back in time. I'm like, no, why would I have that? Why, what, people Do people still do that? Are we doing gluten-free still? Do you have celiac? And they're like, no, I just don't. And I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome. I f- so all right. Uh, so for people that don't know, you're from Austin, right? Yes. Uh, and so, uh, so we were just talking about before we had started 2019. And your wife come here. You have this restaurant in Clinton, uh, the Compound. My wife and I went there. Delicious, great grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, which you get the tomato bisque, right? Was that the soup? Yeah, great. Really phenomenally good. You have to say that because I'm on the podcast. Right. I, I, no, it was really good. <laughs> it was really good. Uh, and uh, everything was really good. Um, I got a lot of likes on the Instagram post. That's how good it was. Nice. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I used to live in Colleen. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't really say I was from Austin, but it's like living in Syracuse. Uh, so, like, um, uh, when I was here in 2001, like right after 9 11, we went back to Kentucky, where I'm originally from. And all of like our friends and family were like, "Oh my God, we were thinking about you when the like plane attack." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we're like four out." I feel I feel the same way about Colleen and Austin that other people feel about Syracuse and New York. That you know what I mean? Like, although people do actually drive, and this is another weird thing, from yeah. Colleen to Austin to Uber there. To be like Uber drivers in Austin. Oh yeah, I'm they'll sure. like literally make yes. a four-hour drive to yeah. Austin so that they can spend the night driving oh. people right to the airport. Yeah, I'm it's sure. Crazy. I'm sure they make a ton of money there. I'm doing sure it. they do, especially right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and you know, just Austin is Austin, right? I mean, Austin is amazing. Yeah, you know, I I loved Austin. I love Austin. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I were both born in this area, which is kind of the reason that we ended up okay. not in just some other random place like Kentucky <laughs> or you know on the way on the way here from Austin with our two kids stuffed in our you know Jeep or whatever. Yeah. We we stopped in uh, <clears throat> in Nashville for okay. just like a burger, <laughs> and we and we were looking around and we were like, man, we could just stay in Nashville. And then I and then I opened up my phone and I started looking for places to live. And yeah. I was like, no, this is this is the same price as it is in Austin. Right. So yeah. we got back in our car, we paid thirty dollars for one hamburger. Yeah. And then we continued driving down the road and we made it up here. Um and, and it's been great. It really is the, that connection to my, to our shared history yeah. has been really interesting, especially because I left here when I was about four. She, she okay. stayed through high school. Okay. So she's got a little bit more of a connection to the area. Yeah. And I have to say, coming back to a place that I'm from but have never lived yeah. is a surreal experience. Mm. Uh, but I did, immediately upon moving here, feel a connection. That's like cool. if it, was the, it was like the landscape. There was something about the, the hills and the forests and, yeah. and the instilled memories that just sat with me from a time before I can, I can physically remember anything. Yeah. And it, it definitely felt right. And it still feels right here. Yeah. I am a couple of years in and I'm really happy with the move and I'm really happy That's with cool. the area. Yeah. I've lived in a lot of different places. I mean, in Kentucky till I was 13, moved here, high school, I was done with the high school, back to Ohio, or we went to, not back to Ohio, uh, to Ohio. Because in Kentucky, we lived like on the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky mm-hmm. border. So I was in like, an hour north of Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, there for a couple of years back here and then to Texas, mm-hmm. California for a, a month, 
and then back then then back to Texas for two days and then back here. <laughs> Once I got back to Texas from California, it was like this fucking sucks. No it's like Colleen is off. I was just in San Diego for a month. Are you kidding me? And now I'm I'm not gonna live in Colleen. That's not gonna happen. So Syracuse was the next best thing. So I packed up everything that fit in my car and came here to came back to Syracuse. You know, one of the great benefits of this area, which I know is like a silly benefit or maybe like a kind of depressing benefit is that it's one of the only places in the United States, this little strip of land in upstate New York, that's actually going to improve when all of our cities start uh, sinking into the water yeah. uh, around the world. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have we're the only negative that I've found. I've done a lot of research on this because I'm weird about it, but like more mosquitoes, which yeah. already sometimes it's so thick I breathe them in, Yeah, but it's going to be like, we're going to have water. It's yeah. going to be a little bit more milder winters, yeah. longer summers. I'm like, what's not to love? Really? Like if you're going to move somewhere and you want to do something right. cool, you can live here and it's not going to cost an arm and a leg. Yeah. And in 50 years, we'll still be fine. Right. So <laughs> I've always said that, like, you know, in all the movies, the alien invasions or nuclear attacks, like they never go to the ra- Well, maybe alien invasions do, but like it's very rare, uh, not the invasions, but maybe the visitations happen in like the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But the invasions happen big in big cities. Everywhere. Right. <laughs> like nobody cares about Syracuse. Like. Nobody's going to launch a nuclear missile at Syracuse, and no alien like army is going to come to Syracuse first. Uh, living in Texas, I hated the uh, geckos with a passion, the scorpions, the rattlesnakes, the frogs. I felt like there was a lot of frogs. I once, uh, um, there was like uh, one of the new iPhones had released, and uh, we lived. I lived on Wyatt Earp Loop in Colleen. Nice. You know, right? So, <laughs> and um, so it wasn't like in downtown Colleen is the point. But uh, like the new iPhone, it was like releasing, and I was like trying to decide, like, do I want to go get in line the next morning, like super early to get this iPhone? And I was like, nah, I'm just gonna wait. And then I just randomly woke up at like 4 a.m. that morning, and I was like. I'm going to go get in line and get the new iPhone. And I opened up my garage door and there was like 20 frogs around my car in the driveway and like two snakes. And I was like, this is a sign. And I closed the garage door and went back inside and (laughs) went to sleep. Uh, I was just like, I hated those parts about Texas. Absolutely hated them. Yeah. You know, and when we were talking about moving here, obviously one of the first things after this is insane. Why would anyone ever leave Austin to go to the middle mm. of nowhere in New York? Yeah. No offense, New York. I, I love it now, but at the time, <laughs> I've been in Austin for 12 years, and it, it's it's an amazing place. Right. Uh, after we got over that hump, it was, but it's going to be so cold Yeah. for like so long. There's going right. to be a couple of months at least, I thought, three months out of the year when I'm basically never going to leave my house. Yeah. I'm going to be stuck inside. All right. And we talked about it, and then we, we talked about it, and it was the middle of summer in Austin. And for those of you who haven't visited a really hot place, the middle of summer in Austin, I think we were on day 96 of a over 100 degrees a day heat wave that was probably going to go on for another month. Yeah. And we were like, we don't, we don't leave the house now. Yeah, we we right. sit inside. We, it's burning lava hot outside. Yeah. And, and that was kind of... Of all the things, the thing that kind of made us feel comfortable was it's yeah. not gonna just a part. Which part of the year is gonna suck? <laughs> and I, honestly, I think winter should suck. Winter is better at sucking than yeah. summer is. Yeah, summers true. here are beautiful. Yeah, yeah, they are. When they uh, 
Yeah, when they do happen. Uh, it really is. I mean, I love the area, obviously. I love Syracuse. Um, the only things I don't like, which we were just talking about, is just like the overall bummed out feeling that you kind of get, you know. Um, I feel like, and I'm part of the group, but like everyone's kind of actually, this is no pun intended, but everybody's just kind of like always a little salty, you know, <laughs> just like always like pissed off at something. Uh, it doesn't really matter if it matters or not. Salt city. Yeah. There's just something <laughs> to be like upset about, you know? Um, so I, I would say like, that's one of the only negatives. The summer is gorgeous. I mean, uh, when we lived in Kentucky, my dad's from here. But we would always vacation to Skinny Atlas Lake. We would never like go to, we never like did Disney or anything like that. It was always our summer vacations. We would get a place in Skinny Atlas Lake and drive up here, you know. So, I mean, the Finger Lakes are gorgeous and there's so much great things about it. Uh, but it's kind of just a, a little bit of a depressing place just to be in, in general. <laughs> I think, I think, like I was saying, people do get so conditioned to a certain feeling yeah. you know you're raised by the people around you and when you live in a place that has been economically depressed for as long as central new york has yeah the older people and i don't mean older like in the, the 80s i'm talking right. about older people that are in their 50s you know not even older older yeah uh they have an outlook that is tainted yeah. by that economic depression that they grew up in now as far as it goes between the cost of living here and the amount of jobs and the quality of the jobs, we are definitely seeing a progression. I think yeah. it's between 3 and 5% per year versus the national average. Yeah. It's increasing the, economics, the, the average economic standing in the area significantly. Yeah. And that's before they open up that big medical complex, and that's before they open up that big sports complex, and that's yeah. before any of these great revitalization efforts happen. So what we're finding is... A lot of people in their 20s and 30s that have been conditioned by people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. that it's never going to get better. But guess mm. what? It's already getting better. Oh, yeah. It's already, we're already here. We're already yeah. on the train. And we may not have reached the des destination yet. All right. But if we can hold on to that feeling, if we can hold on to that caring about where we are and what we do, then we can get there, like, together as a group. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, some of our suburbs are, like, constantly in, like, the top 10, top 20 places to live, you know? So... Yeah, in America. So it's uh, we have a lot going on for us. So what did you guys do in, in Austin for work? Like, did you have a restaurant there? No. Um, so I've been in and out of the restaurant industry for 15 years. Um, I was so proud of myself when I finally got out of the restaurant industry. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was such a good day. I got, I got a good job uh, selling Land Rovers. So that, <laughs> nice. I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to have to... Call, get called in at the drop of a hat in the middle of the night to do something stupid that I hate. Yeah. I'm not going to have scheduled time off months in advance that uh, then the grease trap explodes and I have to go in and call the people and fix it and do all yeah. this stuff. I'm so excited. I'm just going to have to go into work and I'm going to do my job and I'm going <laughs> to go home, um, which lasted for you know a little while. Right. Honestly, I'm back in the restaurant industry, so <laughs> just as proud now to be back as I was to leave. Yeah. Uh, Selling cars sucks, yeah. and selling very, very expensive cars to super rich people sucks that much more. That was in Austin? Yeah, I'm yeah. just not obsequious enough. You know, yeah. I'm not like, <laughs> right. I'm like a friendly guy, but I'm yeah. not like a, yes sir, definitely sir. Right. You know, it, never, it never really fit all the way, and so, well, I was good enough at it to provide for a yeah. life for my family, I wasn't good enough at it to ever make a lot of money, mm -hmm. or to really enjoy it. Yeah. 
And that was one of the reasons we left too, was I was really questioning whether selling Landovers was a good thing for me in the long term <laughs> as my hair falls out and yeah. I spend 70 or 80 hours a week at this place that I hate and all this <laughs> stuff. Um, but after that and we came here, it was it was a while. We did a bunch of stuff. We've yeah. done a bunch of stuff. And I, I've lived a bunch of places. So yeah. we came here. I worked at the Ford dealership for a little bit. We opened a daycare. We did like, cool. you know, kind of moved around at a bunch of little things. Uh, I got my real estate license. I used to flip oh, nice. houses in Florida. And so oh, I was cool. kind of getting into that. Uh, and then, of course, COVID happened. Yeah. And it shut everything down. We owned the daycare and I was doing real estate. And both of those things were kind of yeah. closed. And then... We just had to regroup. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, my father passed, which, oh, was a, which was a hardship. He, he did have COVID. He was in California. Oh, wow. Um, which was just a crazy thing. And then traveling to the funeral and going through all the, like, you're not supposed to be traveling stuff. Yeah. And it, it was an uncomfortable experience. Was that early on least. in COVID? That was, uh, yeah, I mean, relatively, it was in June of that year. Oh, wow. So it was, yeah. I guess, just a couple of months after the beginning. Yeah. It felt like so long in between when we had to shut down and when that happened. Yeah. But it was just a couple of months. But, um, you know, he left me a little bit of money. I mean, yeah. It, it, it was a little bit. Of, it was not nearly enough money to start a restaurant on. <laughs> yeah. I now know. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, I was like, yes, I can do it. I'm doing it. We're doing it. This is my chance. And now I'm like, wow, why did I do that? That was the stupidest thing. I, sh- I should have not done I should have put that as a down payment on a house yeah. or like anything. I could have bought a car. I would have been happier with it. No. But between our savings and that and some really creative bookkeeping, we, yeah. uh, we managed to kind of string together what we thought was going to be just enough to keep us going. We were like, mm-hmm. oh, man, if we could sell like 30 sandwiches a day. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we'd make enough money so that we don't have to open the daycare again and I don't have to go back to working at a car dealership and we can just like have the kids upstairs and we'll have this quaint little yeah. restaurant thing and that'll be great. That's cool. You know, and um, within a couple of days we had to hire a cook because oh, wow. it was just far beyond anything that we were capable of handling despite wow. the fact that both my wife and I have significant experience. She's more kitchen oriented i've been yeah. more like management side yeah uh, both front and back but mostly like gm stuff That's cool. um and so we hired him and he was great brendan hmm. gurk he's an awesome guy uh great things coming up in the future with him yeah we're gonna do i think a food truck oh cool it's really exciting yeah uh, but we learned really quickly that despite our experience we were in way over our heads yeah uh Financially, emotionally, yeah. spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, in pretty much every way. Um, and we're still learning. I mean, it's only been six months. Yeah. You know, we opened in That's November. Crazy. Yeah. Um, it feels like I'm 20 years older, but <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still actually the same age. Um, and, you know, I like to say that I'm a work in progress, which is which makes me feel good about right. messing up sometimes. Yeah. The restaurant is even more a work in progress. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're launching... We launched brunch on Sundays. Yeah, I saw that. Right? And we were doing this really cool all-you-can-eat reservation-only thing. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun, and the brunch menu was awesome. Yeah. We're super proud of it. But also then we realized that having this reservation-only thing during the day on Sundays, we were turning so many people away at the door. Mm. And it felt super bad. Yeah. I didn't like open a restaurant to tell people that I wasn't going to feed them. Yeah. You know, regardless of, of money, I honestly don't think that 
a pivot to counter service is going to make us more money. I think yeah. we're probably going to actually suffer financially, not like yeah. suffering, like I'm going to lose right. my house, but you know, yeah. uh, but it's important to me to be a part of my community in a way that is beneficial. Yeah. And so next week, and we just released a new menu for yeah. next week. Uh, I think like an hour ago on Instagram. Yeah. I saw that. Um, next week we're going to start course. doing a counter service thing. First come first serve style. That's cool. Uh, it's super fun, and then our eventual goal to open this uh, this food truck is going to be based on that brunch concept. Oh, cool! It's going to be a brunch bus. Yeah, brunch bus. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah is that going to be like in the Clinton Utica area? Yeah, so it's going to be kind of our answer to a couple of questions that we've had since we opened. The first one being, how do you cater grilled cheese sandwiches? Yeah, which I, other than having a food truck. Right. It's pretty much impossible. We've yeah. tried <laughs> buying heated bags and bringing stuff. We've tried yeah. transporting small flat top grills to yeah. places and cooking there. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think that food truck is the only option. Yeah. Um, and we'll be doing Clinton. I know that Hamilton College has need for stuff like that. We'll probably yeah. be traveling around and doing like uh, different on location festival type things. That's cool. My go to is always cars and corn. Yeah. When we first moved to the Utica area, uh-huh. we passed uh, some sort of sign that was like, Cars and Corn Fest, and I just cannot get over it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So that's that's really exciting. You know, yeah. initially, we, we, we thought the compound was probably going to be a template um, that we would expand upon yeah. by opening more compounds in places. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think that's going to be very much fun. Yeah. So we're probably going to just do a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, there's no way that's going to be fun. It's going to be way yeah. more fun. I <laughs> Yeah. I I like money. Right. We all love money. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I know that I could probably make more money doing it a different way. Yeah. But I'm going to probably be doing this or something like it until I retire hopefully yeah. someday. Yeah. And I want to enjoy it. Yeah, I did for too sure. Too much not enjoying shit in my life, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that for sure. Yeah. Um the compound is, without a doubt, uh, I mean, it's pretty simple, right? It's mm-hmm. grilled cheese and, like, you know, special butters, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, the. I don't want to say, like, the, the vibe, but maybe that is it. But, uh, yeah, I guess it's the vibe. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's hard to find the, uh, like, special kind of small place that, I don't know. It kind of feels like homey, but also is like really good food. And, you know, like, I, like just from the one time there, like that's kind of the experience that yeah. we got from it. And it's hard to really like, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's the it factor. Uh, like you either have or you don't. Right. Um, but it is some weird, like combination of, you have to have good food. Mm-hmm. You kind of ha- like, you have to like have a good head on your shoulders and not be like, everything's falling apart, but it's okay because we don't know what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Like, you have to, like, know what you're doing a little bit, but still, it's okay if shit falls apart. Um, but also be, like, a little homey, like a little funky, I guess, you know, for lack yeah. of a better term. Homey's a great word because, like, at first, all the decorations in the store were taken from our house. Oh, nice. Because yeah. we, we didn't have a decoration budget. So we were just yeah. like, our house is, it looks like, yeah. you ever watch reality TV and there's no nothing on any of the right. walls or anything yeah. for copyright reasons? That's what our house was. But the store looked great. Yeah. It's like awesome. a whole house worth of stuff all crammed into this tiny space. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 It really, it's, I don't know. I guess it is just the vibe. It's, it's difficult to kind of like, you know, find that around here is what I found. 
Mm. Um, you know, I do, I have, so I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I struggle with like, uh, finding like a really great restaurant and having a good experience for me is it's like, like reading a book for the first time and it's like, mm. oh my God, this is going to, this book's going to change my life mm. or like finding like a great song or a great album, you know, whatever it is. After you listen to that album, like a thousand times, it's not the same anymore. Yeah. You know, you kind of get too familiar with it. Right. Same with a book, uh, with like a great book. Okay, if I read that book a thousand times, eventually it's going to be like, okay, I know what's going to happen next. I found that with like chefs and restaurants in the area. Mm -hmm. And so I try to be careful of like not going back to like, I don't want to get to know them too much because then it's going to be like one day I'm going to go and then eat there and be like, ah, just fucking rich doing a shit. You know, there's nothing special about it, you know? <laughs> um, so I do have to be careful about that. Uh, so I won't come to the compound too often <laughs> just in case that happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely feel that in a very deep emotional way, <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> uh, especially being in the Utica area, there yeah. aren't that, that many places to eat. So no matter how much you might like a place, yeah. I at least have a tendency to be like, Oh God, there's nothing to eat. There's yeah. nothing to eat here. Right. You know, what do I really want right now? But yeah. that's hopefully the, the seed of some great idea for what's next is yeah. what do I really want right now that I can't get? You know, what do I love that just isn't available to me? Yeah. And do I have the the backing both financially and emotionally to <laughs> to make that and yeah. to hope to put it out there in the world and hope that it flies <laughs> instead of just crashing right burning into the pavement. Yeah. Right. Um but I'm really hoping that with the compound and with all the stuff that we're doing, since mm -hmm. we're so iterative and we like to change things up, you know, we yeah. keep our menus, we do seasonal menus, we do specials, we do all that stuff. Uh, mm. We randomly change things from uh, reservation only to yeah, scouting right. service, just depending <laughs> on our mood. Uh, I'm really hoping that with us, it's more like a really chill version of House of Leaves, That's where cool. you can read it a thousand times and it's always a little different. Yeah. Even though it's a grilled cheese sandwich, because... Yes, it's, I mean, it really is at its base. It's just a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. But when you take it apart and you look at all of the effort and love that goes into it, yeah. it's so much more. Yeah. You know, to make the butter for that grilled cheese sandwich, somebody had to work for like an hour hmm. just to make the butter. Yeah. You know, and we, we tried every bread that we could find in the area and we tried every single cheese that we could get our hands on and it changes <laughs> and it changes and it changes because nothing is ever perfect, even yeah. if we like to believe that it's perfectible, hmm. you know? Even the grilled cheese sandwich, which you've been making at your house since you were 10 years old and able yeah. to reach the stove that your grandma's making, that everybody's making, right. even that can be improved upon. Yeah, for sure. Forever. Yeah. I just came off of a, uh, a seven-day juice cleanse. Nice. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, the first meal I had coming off the the first normal meal I had coming off the juice cleanse sucked. Uh, but the second meal... Has never tasted as good. You know, I once, like years ago, I used to ride my bike all the time, and uh, I was, I, I had this dream. I still do. One day it will happen. Uh, but uh, the dream is to do the Trans Am bike race. It goes from Oregon to Virginia, uh, road race, self supported. You know, it's called a race, but it's not really a race, but it sort of is. But um, so, like four years ago, I thought I was going to do it that year. So I was like riding my bike everywhere. I bought this really expensive like road bike. And I went out and did like the longest ride I had done to date. It was like 40 miles. 
and I met a buddy for dinner after I did, like after, right after the 40 miles. And I had like the dirtiest, grossest burrito ever. And to this day, it was still the best thing I've ever eaten in my life because I had just gotten off of a 40 mile bike ride. And uh, I think all foods like that, like mm. that grilled cheese sandwich is really great. If I rode my bike from here to Clinton and had that grilled cheese sandwich, it'd be a hell of a lot better than it was that first time that I had it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there are some things in life that are really necessary for us to survive, like food that we need. Yeah. And then you can look at it from a lot of different perspectives, right? Uh, I don't like to think of food as art because it is such a mechanical requirement. But anything that can be enjoyed is contextual. So. Yeah, the 40-mile bike ride, or maybe like a song that comes into your life at the right time, right. or at the wrong time, or yeah. a person that comes into your life at the right time. <laughs> Anything that you can in- experience in like the Epicurean way yeah. can be, in is necessarily contextual. And that's, that's really important, is the wrong person at the wrong time in the right place still makes for a bad meal. Yeah, You know, it's like the wrong company at, with the right food still makes for a bad experience. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whether you're coming to the compound or you're going to any other restaurant, I think it's important to not just take the temperature of like, oh, what do I want for dinner tonight? But yeah. also like, how much of an experience am I looking for? Like, is yeah. the vibe important or do I want to go get a burrito at Chipotle? Because I eat a lot of burritos at Chipotle. Yeah. And I think they're delicious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just, what, do you, what do you want? Right. Yeah. So what's it like to have a restaurant in Clinton? I mean, it, I feel like it's such a, and I could, maybe I'm completely wrong, but it's like primarily college students, right? Yeah. It, it's funny because we opened probably two weeks after the college students left. Okay. So we didn't see them. Yeah. We didn't see them until like, I think the beginning of March, because when they came back, they had a quarantine. Yeah. They came back in waves. So we'd see okay. like, you know, five of them one week. Yeah. And then the next week we'd see 10 and then the next week we'd see 20. <laughs> and now they decide what our most popular sandwich is by leaps and bounds. Oh, really? You know, like you can look at, if you look at the data here, you can say, oh, up until that point, until the college students came back, our most popular sandwich was a farmer, which was like based on our experience at farmer's markets. It's like lots of veggies, really truffle butter, really good stuff. Yeah. And then the day the college students start showing up, it's the forget about it, which is mm. like a caprese, but on the grilled cheese. Yeah. You know, it's like got pesto and yeah. balsamic vinegar and it's mm. this really cool thing. And it's like literally night and day. You can say, Oh, that's when the college <laughs> opened right there that day. And it's uh it's fun. Yeah. I, I think college students, I think that our vibe really does. And, and the demographics from Instagram really shore this up is people that either millennials. So I guess that includes people up to about 38 now, yeah. somewhere in that range. And then, is that Gen Z, the next one that are yeah. college students now, really react positively to our both our food and our messaging, that's and cool. that's awesome. Um, and what we do have, because the people who live in Clinton tend to skew a little bit older as far as non-college students yeah. go, we do have a lot of recurring customers that are in that older age demographic. Yeah, It does seem like perhaps it's not as much for them. Yeah, that you can't come and visit us. I'm not telling you not to try right. it. I'm yeah. just saying that yeah. that's like... <laughs> statistically where yeah, we're at. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, um, I've always liked Clinton. I mean, there's so much great food there in Utica, just even in between, you know, it, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it is different. Well, I was trying to make a comparison from Colleen and Texas, but maybe that's not the same. Uh, there's just like 
really great craft places where you wouldn't expect there to be great craft places, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you'd expect to find some of those spots like in bigger cities, like in Syracuse, but you know, at least I would, maybe that's a wrong assumption, but there's just really great craft restaurants that you find that like in the middle of nowhere, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Um, I mean like you guys, right. You know, it's, uh, um, I mean, Clinton's a great spot, but you know, I would almost expect to find like a grilled cheese spot in Syracuse more than I would in Clinton, New York. Yeah. I can, I can definitely see that. And that's part of the, I guess, Austin influence. And then part, it's just, um, it's just dumb luck. Yeah. We moved to Clinton in August of last year, uh, just because we liked it. When I was first started here and I was doing real estate, I drove through Clinton in the middle of winter and I thought it looked like Stars Hollow, yeah. the, the yeah. Gilmore Girls right. town. And I was like, this place is beautiful. <laughs> this is where I want to live. I just decided. Yeah. And that I didn't even stop. In that right. moment that I drove through it, I was like, this is it. And we finally, we had the opportunity to do so and we pulled the trigger. That's cool. And then just a couple weeks after moving there, we noticed that one of the shops on the row had a sign up that was like, Oh, big sale. We're selling our mm. clothes. We're selling our fixtures. We're selling our computers. Wow. We're selling our yeah. filing cabinets. And we were like, okay, so they're <laughs> going out of business. They don't want to say it, right. but this is what's happening. Yeah. So I went inside and I asked the lady who was the proprietor there, Joyce, for the number for her you know, landlord and, yeah. and the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, and that's cool. We built a, a kitchen into a food store or into wow. a... Uh, into a dress store. Yeah. It's, it's like 800 square feet. Wow. And we have like an upstairs loft for storage that's only five feet tall. So when you go up there, you got to like hunch or just hired some people that are short so they can just go up there on their own. It's great. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was just kismet. Yeah. It just happened. That's and awesome. at that point there was no other way for it to happen. Sure. If we had thought about it longer yeah. and made a more, I don't know, meticulous decision, we would have ended up in Syracuse. Yeah. You know, it's definitely more the, on the beaten path for something like yeah. this. Where did you guys first move when you first came here from Austin? So we moved here because we uh, inherited a house up in Yorkville. Oh, okay. So um, it was a, an old house that had been built by my wife's great, great grandfather. Wow. Uh, that had been split into a duplex so that both of his kids could live in either wing. Hmm. Uh, we moved there, and then there was a flood, and there was all this stuff. Oh, and it, it was like, we moved there, and I swear it was October of that year. So we moved in July, <laughs> the 4th of July we got here. October of that year, flood, yeah. all sorts of problems, had to Jesus. leave. We ended up in uh, Utica for a little bit, yeah. um, in a, in a like up-and-down duplex on yeah. Lamb Street, okay. kind of by the Uptown Theater. Yeah, uh, I love that Uptown Theater area, and, mm. and the people who run that place are awesome. They're, yeah. they're great people. Um, but that wasn't really working for us. We didn't feel, I don't know. We, we shared our yard with somebody else and we were like, this is a lot. Yeah. They hated us. I don't know why <laughs> they'd been there for 13 years. So yeah. we were horrible, I right. guess. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we, we ended up looking, you know, okay. and then, and, and we ended up in Clinton, which, um, I guess it couldn't have happened any other way. Yeah. That's cool. You know? Yeah. We, my wife, we live in the city. It's just on the North side here in Syracuse. Um, you know, she's from Boonville, uh, you know, so she's used to like a quieter place and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So we've often thought of like, well, where, like we're going to be buying a house uh, in the next year. And so it's like, well, what part of like, we want to be out of the city. We want to be in a suburb, but like, 
how far do we want to go? You know, I've thought about like the Utica, Rome area, but uh, I just don't know if I could be that far away from Syracuse. Yeah, I Syracuse mean, is a great place. Yeah, it really is. There's there's a lot going on here. It's a lot of fun. You know, when I first moved here and I was getting the real estate thing up and going, there was a thing, some sort of Christmas party for realtors and the the performer, the musical performer, mm-hmm. uh, he was somebody who I guess had been on The Voice at some point. I think okay. Big Sexy. Yeah. Uh, and I went <laughs> and I talked to him afterwards because I always did music in Austin. And I was yeah. like, well, where is it? Where do I go if I want to play like original music? Because yeah. I've always been in bands and I've toured and it's all this <laughs> stuff. And he was like, oh, you go to Syracuse. Yeah. And I was like, that's a different city. I mean, where do you go <laughs> yeah. where I where I live? Right. <laughs> I want to yeah. go somewhere and play some music. And yeah. it's just... It doesn't exist. It's, yeah. it's it's not a scene up there. And and Syracuse, despite the fact that population-wise isn't really that much bigger than yeah. Utica and the surrounding area, is much more probably because of the college and how yeah. big it is of a place. Yes. A for, city, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, the one thing that I w- desperately wish Syracuse had that it does not is a good arts scene. Mm. I just always felt like uh, the music, the art... Um, performance, whatever, mm-hmm. it always feels like it's trying to copy something else. Yeah. You know, where like I felt like when I lived in Cincinnati, when I was in Texas, California, uh, for those few weeks, uh, that uh, <laughs> the art, the musicians there, the local bands, the artists, they just felt more authentic, you know? Uh, Syracuse always felt like the uh, like the fourteen year old who just like discovered poetry. You know, it's like, you know, like yeah. that's just what it's always felt like to me. There's some good local musicians um, that have done some good stuff. One of them, I forget, I think his name's, I don't think it's Chris Eves, but it, uh, anyways, I used to produce a podcast called The Sound Scene, mm-hmm. and it was um, uh, K Mace Productions, local like production company, whatever band promoter basically and uh so she had a podcast she would interview local musicians and this guy this is my favorite story in the world uh this guy uh he's a local musician now here in syracuse all original stuff phenomenal musician great voice great guitar player season one of american idol i think he had gone to like nashville or la or somewhere like that for like the auditions uh he had driven like across the country from syracuse there to make it for the audition. He just heard this talent, like singing show contest, you know, you could win a record deal. So he drives all the way out there, gets to the parking lot the day of the audition, sees the line, and then it's going to be like a three-hour wait to get in and says, decides because he doesn't like lines that he's not going to go in for the audition. Must love driving then. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Um, so it was just like, oh, I'm not going to stand on that line. Forget it. He wound up, I forget how it happened, but he wound up like knowing somebody was there or something. And he wound up actually being like the acoustic guitar player in the band for the first season of American Idol and never auditioned to sing. Nice. Uh, but he had like driven across the country and decided not to do it because he didn't want to wait in the line. Uh, and like that just reminded me, it was like it was like that's a like that's a Larry David show right there. It was <laughs> it is, like yeah. you drove all the way out there and didn't want to wait in line. Uh, so with the exception of few, of a few people, uh, just the art scene around here, you know, has always just felt different. And that's one thing I do miss about yeah. like being near Austin and stuff like that. It just felt like there was just more of a soul, I guess, to it. You know, and that's one of the things that I I mean when I talk about community, even though I'm not always explicit about it. Yeah, is 
a scene of some kind. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, a great untapped resource in this area that someone smarter and much more well-connected than me would have to be the person to take <laughs> care of. But we have so many giant yet still standing abandoned buildings yeah. that are not being used for anything, that are barely owned by anyone. Some of them are probably even on public land that are yeah. probably owned by the city. Yeah. And those are exactly the kind of places that you can revitalize and use to create the kind of artist rental and performance space that needs yeah. to exist for a scene. Yeah. We just haven't gotten to that point or we don't have the, the manpower or the ingenuity right. or whatever it is to yeah. do something that they do in, in a lot of other places. That's know? what this building was. So we're in the Delavan Center and, and you know, the back in like the early 1900s, Mr. Delavan Sr. had built the building. It was factory. Uh, and then in the 60s or 70s, somewhere around there, they converted all into these like small studios. This is a huge building. I mean, it wraps all the way around. There's like four floors. There's anything from like denture makers in the basement to, you know, cartoonists to whatever, like dress maker, you know, whatever. Um, and so they converted it to that. And that, actually the Bill Delavan Jr., I don't think it was a junior, but the son, uh, just sold the building to another tenant uh, who bought it from him. Uh, but just like last year, you know, mm -hmm. been those two for all those years. Um, yeah, there's definitely places that could be converted into something really cool, you know. Um, I've got a couple friends who uh, are like uh, Paul Valencia, who owns Glazed and Confused Donuts oh, in yeah. town, and then my buddy Nick, who runs Limp Lizard Barbecue. Uh, the three of us talk multiple times a day and we're all uh like one of the things we're always talking about is like when spaces become available and like what could you do in there or events we're going to throw together or whatever you know all constantly just talking about things in the restaurant industry around here and um that's one thing nick uh used to own a nightclub uh bar in like virginia beach okay so he's kind of familiar with like what bigger scenes are capable of, like mm -hmm. what they will sustain. And I'm always looking at like the food truck parks in Austin or, you know, like those big bar gastro pubs in Dallas and, you know, their outdoor space for people to hang out. And I'm like, something like this could exist in Syracuse. You know, yeah. it would take a lot but it could exist in the area. Well, in so many of those kinds of plans, anything that involves uh, gatherings of large gatherings of yeah, people right. are very much on pause. That was one of the things that I was actually looking into right before. And I mean, right before this must've been in early March of yeah. last year was hooking up with uh, some of the investment groups in, in the greater Utica area mm -hmm. to start a musician's co-op. That was a bar. So it would be That's like cool. uh, owned by the people who performed there and mm -hmm. you know, all that, all that stuff. And I was really working on kind of getting the idea together enough so that we could get started. Yeah. And I think it was like a day or two before I was supposed to have a, a meeting with an investor, with, hmm. with a bit of an investor that they were like, no more meetings. Everything's closed. <laughs> Stay away from each other. You're all going to get sick. Uh, so yeah. uh, it was, it was really kind of a surprise at the time. Yeah. Uh, and obviously things have gone a different direction, but you know, I, I still, I still think about it. I still yeah. think about, I think that arts and music are so important to take a place from just being like somewhere that people live and work, which yeah. is great. 
to being a community that all comes together and, and experiences things as a group. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's. Um, I wanted to do something like that, uh, and by wanted to do, I thought that it would be a cool idea. Uh, the Mission restaurant that closed in Syracuse was an old church oh, yeah. Mexican restaurant for like years, like right in the you know like right in this like right across the street from like the courthouse and all that you know mm-hmm. county clerk's office all that kind of stuff, and uh, restaurant shut down during the pandemic. Been there for like twenty years. I was like, that would make such a great concert hall. Churches, man. I've yeah. always wanted to have a venue in a church. Yeah. It's just like, it's like a, a little boy dream of mine. Right. It's like yeah. Always. I've always yeah. wanted it. Yeah. There's this place in Kentucky uh, called the Southgate House, and it's in, in an old church. And it's got like three or four different stages in there. And the main stage is in like the old sanctuary. And it's just like this massive, massive room, you know, like 30 foot high ceiling. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. And uh, it's like, it looks identical to the mission. And Sarah was like, that's what would work there. You know? Yeah, well, and you know, the, the great thing is with churches, the older it is, the better it is for performance. Mm. Because initially when churches that were you know, built oh, yeah, before yeah. the advent of recording and sound you know, dissemination via speakers yeah. had to be built acoustically well so yeah. that the pulpit would expand outwards to all the congregation. You got to hear me in the back, right? Yeah, right. And so... The more of that you get, the older, the farther back that you get in a yeah. church like that, the less you have to do to make it into something that would be usable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 One day we'll get there. Someday. Syracuse. Someday One day we'll get there. Yeah. So uh, people can find you at the compound in Clinton mm-hmm. and doing brunches. Yep, brunches, brunches on Sundays. Through there, yeah. (laughs) Um, But you guys are open. What are your what days are you open out there? So currently, we are Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. Two uh, from ten a.m. to four p.m. and then we do uh, high tea at six, which is kind of like a fancy English afternoon tea style thing, pre-fee menu, but with a grilled cheese slash the compound twist. Yeah. And then on Sundays, we are open from ten a.m. to two p.m. doing brunch. Uh, and and that's that's just like come as you are, yeah. enjoy your, uh, you know, wonderful French toast concoctions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sweet. Well, thanks so much for coming out, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Local New York podcast. Make sure you get out to Clinton, New York, and go to the compound. You will not regret it. I guarantee that. That's it. Thanks so much. We're going to catch you next week right here on the Eat Local New York podcast.